Good hello and welcome to Viv and Miles's Infinite Watchlist Top 100 Horror Films. Hi, I'm Miles. And I'm Viv. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's morning Good. where you are, isn't it? It is. It always Quite is. Accurate. Mm -hmm. Quite accurate. I don't think we've ever, ever done one of these where it's not been the morning for me, actually. Correct. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, I'm not sure that I'm going to sleep very well after what you've put me through today. <laughs> you might <laughs> have some interesting I'm... dreams. Yes. The fact that I'm still Stay talking to you is a miracle, really. It's a miracle. I How appreciate you that you are still talking to me. It's a, it's a close thing. But, you know... <laughs> I know this is what, and and I did warn you. This is this is going to be a rough one. Uh huh. And I was not exaggerating. No. But even with the warning, I still had to watch it. Yeah. Um, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> but now, now you can say that you've survived your first and probably last. Let's be realistic. Uh, Rob Zombie film. I have no intention of ever watching any more of his stuff ever again if this is what it's like and you said this is like the tamest this is probably the the one that i thought you would be able to tolerate more than any of the other ones right okay i mean we should have known from the title alone because dear viewer we are listener we are <laughs> this time talking about House of a Thousand Corpses from 2003. Indeed. So the title makes you feel discomforted from the start. It is It is Rob Zombie's first film as a director. So he just gave himself the name Zombie, I'm guessing. So, so... Rob Zombie, there was a band called White Zombie, a heavy metal band, and Rob Zombie was the lead singer of White Zombie, and everybody in the band had Zombie, was their the first name in Zombie. Wow. And now that he's um, a solo artist, that's his, yeah. his name is Rob Zombie. Okay. That explains it. Yes. <laughs> But he, he's a musician, he's a heavy metal musician, and obviously, by his name, you can tell that his stage persona is like a zombie. Like, he's always dusty and has the makeup on. And Okay. I see. Oh, yes. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yes. And on a side <laughs> note, he's incredibly sexy. I, I love Rob Zombie. I love his music. I love him as a human. Ironically, here's the thing that I love the most about Rob Zombie. His films are, as you now know, incredibly violent and bloody. Mm. But him as a person seems to be a really sweet, gentle guy. Like, he's a vegan he loves animals like he won't eat an animal you know like he has dogs and he loves all animals and he's constantly like doing benefits for PETA and so it's very funny that his films are so yeah. bloody and, and gory and violent when he seems to be such a sweet kind person 
You'd never guess it, would you? You would not uh-huh. guess it. <laughs> it's very, it's very funny. <laughs> um, they did back in the day MTV MTV Cribs. You know that show where they go into yeah musicians' homes. They did one um in his home, and of course, it looks like what you expect Rob Zombie's home to look like, like an old timey castle, and it's very gothic inside. And he has a lot of monster memorabilia, like he has monsters in every room. And he has a whole like uh, cinema room with like every horror film that has ever been made. Um, And then they go to, there's one bedroom in the house that he allowed his wife, Sherry Moon, um, we'll get to her later. It's like her place that she can decorate as she wanted. And it was all kind of um, very whimsical Disney, like not Disney princess, but like Nightmare Before Christmas kind of, you know, cutesy stuff, which is very funny when you watch the the whole tour of the house. And he's like, and this is the room that I allowed Sherry to do whatever she wanted with. (laughs) Quite funny. Yes, I can imagine it. Yes. So do you want to set us up? Yes. Um, I'll, I'll do my best. I was going to be say, because this, this film is like a Frankenstein monster of film, of horror yeah. genres yes. mashed together. Mash it up. So let's see. So the gist is <laughs> there's this group of college students, um, young you know, who are driving. It takes place in uh, 70s. And they are driving across the U.S., kind of um, going to side roadside attractions. One of them wants to write a book about all the roadside attractions around the U.S. Um, So that's what brings them, unfortunately, to this tiny little town. Mm-hmm. And in this tiny little town, they meet a family, and everything goes very badly, very, very quickly. Yeah, I think that's a general gist, and then we'll get more <laughs> into details as uh, as we explore Ooh. the events. I think um, that's a good description. Yeah. So yeah, it, it said uh, um, on October thirtieth is the first day. So the before Halloween in 1977. Uh Which I love the style of it. Obviously, their clothing is very 70s. The look of the film is very 70s. Kind of low-budgety slasher film. Um, I know he was very um, influenced by Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I think he was trying to get that look of gritty, kind of realistic-looking. Nothing is too shiny or glossy or Hollywood-y. You can um, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> it bears repeating. Um, yes. yes that's correct. That is correct. And it's, um, it's, it yes. starts with advertisements of it's like of um, yes, Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Madmen. Yes. Plus fried chicken. Fried chicken and gasoline. So I couldn't find. I have a I have a Captain Spaulding T-shirt that I love, that has his picture, like his kind of yeah. like the commercial has him on it, and it it has a museum, and then on the back of the shirt it says fried chicken and gasoline. 
So he is quite the visual. He has got scary clown paint on him all the time. He has it even when he's just in the shop or the station or whatever it is, the museum, whatever that is. Right. The hodgepodge. He always has it on, which makes him very creepy. The pale white makeup with the right. clown eyes. Yeah, it, it's it, it's clown makeup, but it's not good clown makeup. No. It looks like it's been on for quite a while. Uh-huh. Let's just say from the start, clowns are scary. They are very scary, in my opinion. Um, I always thought clowns are scary. <laughs> yeah, a lot so, of people do. I think clowns are, are used a lot in horror movies because a lot of people uh-huh. find them creepy. Well, they are creepy. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> They're so creepy. Well, I, I would say, so Captain Spaulding is played by the late and very great Sig Haig. Um, he's a character actor and he has been in like everything. If you've seen a TV show from like the 70s or 80s, you've seen him. Um, and Very familiar. He, he is my favorite thing about this film. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more Captain Spaulding. And I think that was kind of the general feel because in in the two sequels to this film, Captain Spaulding is one of the main characters. So he's in right. in a lot more. Um, right. I think a lot of people love this film mostly because of Sig Haig. Because of him, yeah. Because um, his character is quite funny. Mm-hmm. In a in a in a very scary way, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. he gets to say some pretty <laughs> funny stuff to people. Yeah, in the first five minutes, and then I change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite thing he says is when the two masked robbers come in at the beginning, uh-huh. burst into a shop, and one of them says something like, "I'm gonna blow a hole in you the size of a Kansas watermelon." And he's like, who the hell says that? <laughs> I did like that bit. My he's favorite like, thing he says to the robbers, and I actually made a note, is when, at this point, like, the robbers, like, they're pointing a gun at him and telling him to give them the money, and he keeps just making snipe yeah. comments and jabs, and they're, like, you can tell they're getting to a point where they're, like, Adjective. what yeah. the hell, you know? And um, and he says, you know, I'm going to kill you. Just, like, do it. And he says to him, fuck your mama. Mm-hmm. And the guy is like, I'm not joking. I'm not joking, bitch. And then he goes, fuck your sister. Yeah. <laughs> and he continues, fuck your grandma. And then he shoots him and goes, but most of all, fuck you. <laughs> and then he kills him. <laughs> yeah. They they messed with the wrong person. Uh, they walked into the wrong fried chicken and gasoline place. They also so, he's also wearing a t-shirt at one point that said, if I want to hear an arsehole talk, I'll fart. Yes. Yes. Everything about Captain Spaulding is great. I love that character. I would watch an entire film with just Captain Spaulding. I want to know his backstory. I want to know everything about him. Um, he's someone you wouldn't mess with. 
I yeah, I I do find him quite funny though. And when the DVD first came out back in 2004, probably, yeah. um, my roommate Mark and I used to put the DVD on just for the menu, like even if we weren't watching the film, because the DVD menu was like when it came up, it was like the store. And he walks into frame and goes like, you know, well, what does he say? It's something incredibly rude. Um, and then he keeps talking to you the whole like the whole time that it's playing. I don't know how long they filmed, but if you leave that DVD on, it's like an hour of him just talking to you and telling you what the fuck is wrong. Make it make it selection. Play the fucking movie. <laughs> it's so funny. I love him. Love him. That's fun. I was gonna say that when when he does the tour of the ride that they go on, the murder ride, he yes. reminds me a little bit of Harry Zidler in Jim Broadbent's character in Moulin Rouge because he oh. has the top hat. And you know the whole like yeah. is that character is quite he's quite a scary character in himself because he's making Satine do all the things she's doing and he's quite a right. you know, he's he's not the nicest. And that kind of like manipulating scary storytelling with the top hat just reminded me mm -hmm. of I got a little bit of that yeah. from that. Yeah. yeah so his his story is like a sort of I, I noticed a little reference to um the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Was part of the all the the sort of wonders around the room. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff there. There's a a little bit of a foreshadowing because we see that kind of crocodile mermaid thing yeah. um, that would later come yeah. back in a much more horrific way. But um, yeah, the store is awesome. There's so, you can pause it and like see so many little details. Like there's a Literally. wall of like all like serial killer um, portraits. Mm. Um, so yeah, so so our, our youngins end up there and they of course have to take the murder ride because who wouldn't? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Right. And they go, it's like a, like a, kind of like a haunted house type of yeah. ride. And yeah, I wrote some of, a, mm. go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I just guess they sit on one of those like carts you do when you go around a ride, you know, the classic. Yes. And there's like animatronic, you know, things yeah. that they're looking at, but they're all like famous murderers. Mm -hmm. so we see albert fish we see um lizzie borden we see ed Gein, and then the last one is this dr satan who's a local hero as he calls him or a local legend um and he was um kind of a mad doctor um and he tells the whole story of dr satan how he was captured and he was hung but then he just the body disappeared and nobody has ever found it and you can still see the tree where he was hung. So, of course, now these idiots want to go see the tree in the middle of the night. No, thanks. So, you know, it's like typical, typical horror movie where it's like they, yeah. you know, you get you get what you get when you do stupid things. Yeah. So stupid. To, to quote Taylor Swift, you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly, they certainly did. And the girlfriends are very reluctant. I assume they're their girlfriends. I think so. they are girlfriends. Yes. 
they're not very pleased about the situation, which I think is is understandable. <laughs> and then one of the girlfriends, um, whilst they're there, calls her dad because they were supposed yes. to be in her hometown for Halloween, for Halloween. And now they're running late. So she calls dad and says, hey, just so you know, we won't be there until tomorrow because we're running late. Mm. So... Yeah. We know that they were being expected somewhere. Yes, which we know is probably going to come up again, as it Correct. does. Correct, and it does. Of course, of in course. a very horrible way. That's <laughs> yeah. everything else. Mm. Can we just point out that something very? I mean, we've got enough suspicious feelings about Spalding as it is, but the fact that he has a John Wayne tattoo, very <laughs> concerning. He has a John <laughs> Wayne tattoo, and he kind of makes a talk like, "Oh, Porter." Yeah. Yeah, like, he's no, very like, menacing. Very menacing. Yeah, he's, because at one point he like God, takes the they, he thinks that they're taking the Mickey out of him because they're like, um, oh, we're just looking up you know local oddities, and he's like, oh, you think we're just country idiots, do you? You just think we're you know backwards Barbies, whatever. And then he looks like he's <laughs> gonna get really mad. And he says, "Are you joking?" And you're like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, he he. You can tell he likes to intimidate the kids. And yeah, them. and he can do. He, he was also perturbed that there was blood all over his store after he shot all those people, killed all the people. I know. Like, he was, <laughs> he like, was oh. quite angry that that they made a mess. Yeah, that was very unfortunate. But you know, bleeding when they were shot no. by him. Yeah, how, how dare they? How how dare they? Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, that's just, kind um, of what sets all of the horrible events. Yeah, there are way too moments by now. The red flags are everywhere, and I would have been out, 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 out of there way before this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so kind like, of a red red flag parade happening. Yes, at this point. So then the next red flag is that. On Halloween night, they end up picking up a cowgirl hitchhiker <laughs> called Baby. Well, that was the, the same night. That was when they, they leave the yeah. gas station. Well, I thought that, but it said before that happened, it came up Halloween night on the subtitles. I don't know why. That's why I've written it down. <laughs> I assumed it was the same night. But I guess maybe they mean to know. So I think Ooh. Halloween night happens when they're already in the, the house. Book. When they're already right. at the house and then they're having that big party because it's Halloween night. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something like that. I mean, this yeah. film is a mess, so who knows? It's, I mean, really, who cares at this stage? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that this... Uh, she gets in and leads them because they say, oh, we want to we wanna find the house with the tree. And she's like, oh, I know where that is. Sure, mm. I can take you there. I was like, no, I'd be the girlfriend. If I was the girlfriends, I'd be like, we are not going to that bloody in the middle of the night, pouring rain. We are not. You're not picking up a hitchhiker. I don't care if it's raining. Absolutely no. not. And we're mm. not going to look at some tree of some serial killer connection. I'm good. I mean, it's I would like to go look at the tree, but I might have waited until daylight. I wouldn't go in the middle of a rainy night. Right. Yeah. 
Well, you would be a fool. It would have been like, can we just do that in the daytime? Yeah, and I would say, no, thank you. I have no interest in that at all. So yeah, we we it's not long before we meet the Firefly family. Mm -hmm. Who are a bunch of characters for a shower. I mean, already, let's start with the fact that when they get there, there are dolls all over the front of the house. Uh-huh. So they, they get a... The reason they end up there is they get a flat tire and and Baby, who's the character they pick up, is Baby Firefly, mm -hmm. um, tells them, my brother has a tow truck. You know, we can just walk to my house from here. And so only the one guy goes with her, who's played by, played by Rain Wilson, who was is very famous here in America because of the he was in the American version of The Office. Um he wasn't famous when this film came out. Right. He he was unknown. Mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, so he <laughs> goes with her. Um and from yeah, I would have been like I'm I'll I'll you go get your brother, I'm gonna wait out here with your dolls. Yeah. Well also he comes at them with like his thing on his head that makes them look like a bear or something. They think yeah. a lot of animals attacking them because he's got like this fur on his head. Yeah. Well, the yeah. whole Firefly family is um, terrifying. Yeah. So we'll start with the mom who gives me Jennifer Coolidge vibes, by the way. That's that's so, the only thing I would say. She's the original Jennifer Coolidge. I was going to say, Karen she's Black. very, very. Black. Um, anyone that was alive in the 70s knows Karen Black because she was in like all the um like she was in the airport movies like she was in a lot of disaster movies she right. was in a film was, which is not on our list but it should it deserves a definite mention she was in trilogy of terror and mm. it's like um one of those that it has like three different stories and her story is the best one because it has like the little killer voodoo doll thing so yeah she's she's uh she's a she was a national treasure for sure so she's a a staple. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she she's the mom and she's this kind of like well, like Jennifer Coolidge kind of character. She's very sultry, big blonde, baby doll outfit, flirtatious, but also creepy. <laughs> All in one. Very creepy. Very creepy. So we have a her, and then we meet Tiny, who's not very tiny at all. He is, in fact, no. massive and very. <laughs> and he is wearing this sort of balaclava mask because he has been, um, there's been a fire from, I think they said from the father of the fire. The father, yeah, his, their dad. Trying yeah, to burn them alive. He tried to burn them alive. And so poor Tiny ends up disfigured from burning and then there's a grandpa character as well who's like this older guy hidden obviously which we know is not going to be good either so we have a whole bunch of scary a scary situation here are they supposed to be like the kind of monsters or the because i remember you saying no, they're the supposed to be like texas chainsaw massacre okay they're supposed to be a family that, you know, kills and eats people. Like, just like right. backwoods, country, kind of inbred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's quite a few. And there's another 
sister who's the one who performs. Is that the sister? That's the ba- sister? No, that's the same one. That's Baby. Oh, is that Baby with a wig on? No, I didn't realize. Yes. I had no idea. Yes. I did not know. I didn't yes. really. Um, you're going to have to find out quite soon on that I realised that I can only engage with this so much because <laughs> I was really struggling. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there's, you know, there's only her and then Otis, who's the most the most violent and scary one. Yeah, of course. Who looks like um, Malfoy's dad in Harry Potter now. I think he, about does. <laughs> he does. He um, does. I believe I read that Rob Zombie said his character was kind of inspired by Charles Manson. Um, so he has that kind of just crazy, lunatic, unpredictable thing happening where he just like gets very angry very quickly and like breaks into like a whole speech about something. And so mm. he was that was his the inspiration That's, behind him. Wow, well, he is a he is terrifying. Yeah. And uh grandpa, there's grandpa. We yeah, we've talked about grandpa as well. Right. Yeah. And he's uh grandpa's kinda of funny. Um there's that scene uh with grandpa watching the monsters, which you just mentioned. Um mm. and it's the again, lots of references here. So the episode of the monsters he's watching is the um episode of the mon the monsters where they are doing a, a drag race. Not our kind of drag race, of course, but um sadly. That would be it's, much uh, better. Herman Munster's drag tar is called Dragula. And Rob Zombie's most famous song probably is Dragula, a song he wrote inspired by Dragula the car. Right. So yeah, so it's a lot of all the stuff all the- he loves. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I I feel like you're going to want to probably discuss the carnage um, in a quick manner. You don't want to get into a lot of details? Not really, no. (laughs) I think it was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. (laughs) Unpleasant, unnecessary. Just disgusting. It was get. I was trying my best, and then it got to the stage where I was like, I can't even take this in anymore because it's just yeah. mindless violence, and there's nothing. It's not going anywhere. We didn't get anything from it, in my opinion. I just didn't. It's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing with Rob Zombie films. It's like it's they're so violent, but there's no kind yeah. of rhyme or reason behind it. It's just violence for the sake of violence. Um, and really, like sadistic, like the. How did you yeah. even think of these things? They're horrible. Very, very tortury, sadistic. Like throughout the beginning of the film, we keep seeing these um flyers and, and, and news reports about these cheerleaders that have gone missing. And then we quickly see that Otis Otis has them. He's kidnapped them, and some of them are dead already, and some of them he's just torturing um for the sake of torturing them. Mm. Yes. And then you've got the, uh, they're like dressed up as rabbits and hung from the ceiling. and Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think the most, the most disgusting bit is when he, the father that we talked about earlier, when he comes and discovers what's going on, they shoot him. And then mm-hmm. he 
wears his skin. That's disgusting. Yeah. That really is reminiscent of Hellraiser. Remember when he wears the skin suit? Yes. And I believe that's the scene in Hellraiser where you said, and I quote, "This has gone too far." This has gone too far, <laughs> and this one had gone too far right from the beginning. This, we have gone well, yeah, we are is way too far horrendous. now. This is we've gone like. Yeah, it's also like Silence of the Lambs as well when he wear, he puts a mask, a skin mask on as well. Yes. Yeah. We've seen too much skin, too much skin. Yeah, so it's it's a lot. I mean, there's not a there's not a lot of meat to talk about in this film even though there's a lot of meat that we get to see. Um being yeah. chopped up for people. I'd like but, to give um, two two references though. Are not necessarily of references that were meant to be, but I've got references from them. The horrible yes. crocodile mutation situation reminded oh. me of Freaks at the end where yes. they turn that. Yeah, that's true. Reminded me of that. And then just another reference I was going to say is the horrible bit where they dress them as rabbits and make them run away and keep shouting, run rabbit, run rabbit, reminds me yes. of Get Out because yeah. in Get Out, run rabbit is a huge theme in that film. Yes. Look at Look you. At wow, I am impressed and proud. That reference, thank you. Very proud of that. Um, I also enjoy that she sings or lip syncs to Marilyn's I Want to Be Loved by You, even though it's not Marilyn singing in the version she does, but still, yeah. it's a good song. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that one of the girlfriends finally is like, "Yeah, that's enough now. You're flirting with my boyfriend quite heavily," which was I know, big, and it's big... like you want to go like, you know what? Shut yeah. up! Like these people yeah, feel very unsafe. Maybe just shut up and get yeah. out of there. Because she says something along the lines of, "I'm going to cut your tits off." Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. and then the mother stops her right and goes like, "Baby." Mm-hmm. And she stops her in a way like like not yet. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But just yeah. let's, let's have fun with them first. Yeah, let's just keep it exactly. Mm-hmm. Another little reference that I in the middle, but I thought it was it was too horrific all round to even is when Tiny brings breakfast cereal. I enjoyed that it was called Agatha Krispies. Yes. Apparently, Rob Zombie says that that was Sherry Moon's idea to call them that. Oh. And what I say to Rob Zombie is like, that was very clever and very funny. Maybe she should write with you and not star in every one of your films because she's fucking awful. (laughs) That's just my two cents for my beautiful Rob Zombie. Right. I've got other notes for Rob Zombie, by the way, but they're not as kind as that. Um... (laughs) I know you do. You know I do. (laughs) But I'm too much of a lady to say it. (laughs) Do you want to mention the name of the liquor shop? Yes. So um, at one point when all all of this is now happening, some of them are dead, some are alive. Um, One of the guys has been turned into a half fish, half man creature. Um, they, they, They work very quickly. I have to say because that conc- that whole thing must have taken a while, but yeah, I thought so. Um, uh, at one point, baby goes to buy um alcohol to continue the party, and she stops at the 
big um alcohol like liquor shop that is called Red Hot Pussy Liquors. It has a big kitty cat <clears throat> on the on the side. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh and they meet Goober, who's yeah. um behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Again. Yes. No rhyme or reason. I think no, Rob Zombie thought rhyme. that was a funny joke. He has this, he wrote a song called Red Hot Pussy Lickers. And so he just wanted that little scene there. Because it's really not important to anything that's no. happening. It's futile. It's completely unnecessary. Correct. And just but it but it matches because that just matches the whole bloody film with the stage. I don't even know. <laughs> I yes. thought for a second it was Josh Gad in the in the liquor store. He, yes, he does look like him. There's a slight look of him. So, as well as these poor people dressed as rabbits being made to run so they can attack them and kill them in the middle of what looks like a graveyard because there's all these crosses everywhere. Well, I'm getting... before, before we jump to that uh, insane ending that has nothing to do with what we've watched up to now, um, right. I just wanted to mention that that scene where the the girl's dad is killed and the cops are killed. So there's two cops that have been looking for the girl because the dad reported her missing, saying she called me, she was supposed to be home, and he's an ex-cop. So, you know, they were like, well, we'll, we'll look for her. And then he ends up showing up there because they can't find her. Mm-hmm. And then they all end up dying um, in a pretty horrific way in a very kind of funny scene because everything happens to the song I'll Remember You, which is just a very soft kind of soft song and, and all this violence is happening. But I wanted to mention that uh, the deputy is played by Walton Goggins, who's one of my favorite I just, character sorry, actors. I'm just going to object the word funny. For most people, just saying, I don't didn't find it particularly amusing. I but think anyway. the irony of what's happening and then the music is quite funny to me. No, um, I thought it was disgusting. But hey, carry on. <laughs> but um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that Walton Goggins is in this film, and I love him, love him, love him. Right, um, and uh, I fell in love with him when he was in Sons of Anarchy. He played. Which I know it's controversial because, as we know, a straight cis white, you know, man should not be, not white, doesn't matter. I don't know why I say that. But a, a cis man should not be playing a trans woman in film or shows or whatever. But this was a long time ago. And so he played um, a trans character who was a sex worker and one of the gang members from Sons of Anarchy falls in love with her. And it's a beautifully told love story between those two characters. And he plays that character with such, oh, I mean, you just fall in love with, with that character mm-hmm. because he plays her with um, such kind of reverence and and just beauty and, and wonderfulness. Um, so I fell in love mm-hmm. with him in that show and I've, loved him in everything um he's ever done so it's a shame that he's in this movie all of two minutes before he gets shot in the head yeah that is unfortunate (laughs) very unfortunate you didn't see him for long no (laughs) no yes that's right uh 
yeah. And now back to the graveyard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's happening to some of them, running away to get stabbed in the graveyard. Well, it's the only ones that are left alive, really. Right? At that point? It is. It is, but I'm saying that happens to one or two, but then the others end up going down on that coffin thing. Right, the other two, the the one girl and her, mm-hmm. and the the other guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they this, were just when it just becomes a completely different film when mm-hmm. this happens because all of a sudden they're like, "You want to um, meet Doctor Satan? We'll, we'll take you to Doctor Satan," and then it all turns very. Almost like a folklore horror film. At one point, there mm-hmm. like there's like that pentagon on the grass, and then they kill the one girl dressed like a rabbit, almost mm-hmm. like a sacrifice ritual thing, and mm-hmm. then they send the other two down there. So it's like there's like folklore horror happening above, and then there's like this supernatural thing happening underground yeah. now with this Doctor Satan who was hung but now has been brought back to life. It's just like. Yeah, it's a hot mess. It's like, where, what movie am I watching now? It's bizarre. And this bit reminded me a bit of the the descent. I was gonna say when all those like creatures appear mm. from the water, and it's like, oh my god, right. this is so horrible. Yeah. Well, and I will I will mention that when they they put them in that coffin and then they lower them underground and there's like a record play, like uh somebody speaking like on a recording, mm. and it's very slow. It's kind of like been slowed down, like rah, rah, rah. so. Apparently, what he was actually playing was a speech by Alistair Crowley, who was a famous uh, British um, master of the occult. Um, British. He was a very infamous um, man, and um, I'll tell you a little story about my fascination with Alistair Crowley. I. He he's written he wrote quite a few books um about magic and black magic and all this stuff, but he wrote a book about his life called Do Us Without Art. And the cover of the book is a very kind of sinister picture of his face. And I was packing to go home to Puerto Rico. This is when I lived in New York. And I had bought the book to read on the plane. And my roommate Mark comes into my room while I'm packing in. And he picks up the book and goes, wow, you really don't want anyone talking to you on that plane, do you? (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is correct. Just a little Alistair Crowley story there. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was cool because you can't really tell what the person is saying because it's kind of so slowed down. Yeah, so I was, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That it's actually a recording yeah, of that Alistair cool. Crowley. That is, despite, yeah. I mean, the yeah. next. I, honestly, by now, I'm like, I don't even. I was watching it physically, but I'm not sure that anything's <laughs> going in anymore because I was like, I don't know what to think anymore. Your soul had left your body by then. Yeah, because there's this whole bit now where she like is running through this cave. So the one girl survives it. Denise. Um, we get to see Dr. Satan, who's like doing horrible, like cutting people up or whatever down there. And she manages to escape and yeah. dig herself up. 
and we think, oh, you know, she's she's gotten away. Mm. And that's kind of the ending of the film, right? When do you want to say what and happens that, to her or do you did you block it out? Yeah, no, I do because this reminded me of uh, what did it remind me of? Also the descent. Because at the end of the descent, yes. she comes out. Well, we think she does. But anyway, mm-hmm. she comes because this is a similar thing where suddenly she like appears out of right. the madness and it's daylight and she's like in this what seems to be more run of the mill than what was going on down there. Right. <laughs> and it's like the day everybody has yeah, nobody it's like, there anymore. Yeah. And then Spalding picks her up in his mm-hmm. truck, which seems fairly like well, it wasn't a, really a truck. It was it was a nice convertible. No oh, convertible. Who knows? Yes. But like I said, by the stage I was. <laughs> it yeah. was like a nice fifties convertible. Okay. <laughs> and then I had I had no doubt that, that this was not going to be a happy ending. By the way, I didn't right. think for a second that this was going to be as easy as that. Um, and then yeah, she drops off. But she's slightly tired, which I think is fair enough after what she's been through. She's all also then, cut up and bleeding. And... Yeah, not good. And then that bastard Otis pops up from the back seat mm-hmm. with a knife. I think he had a knife. I think just anything to do with him is not going to be good. Well, it was uh, <laughs> the very funny funny line i say funny under quotation marks because she's okay. all bloody and whatever and when she gets in the car captain's folding's like what the hell happened to you and she's like i i need a doctor i need a doctor he's like i'll take you to a doctor and then like you said otis pops up and then the last scene she's strapped down to dr satan's um operating room mm-hmm. so i mean he that took her to a bit- doctor Mm-hmm. And that bit's <laughs> that bit's done in that weird kind of flashy, different takes kind of situation they keep doing in the film. It keeps coming yeah. to. I don't have to explain it, but yeah. And then the end has a question mark on it, meaning this probably isn't the end, because as you've said, there are sequels. Yes, it is not the what? end. Um, we get to see the which is a fire. Oh. <laughs> It's a shame. Um, we do get to see the Firefly family again, um, with a different actress playing the mother, and I'll tell you why. Um, in the Devil's Reject, which which came out in two thousand five, and it takes place after the events of this film. Okay. So, um, there was a a contract dispute with Karen Black. In a salary dispute, and so she she refused to do the sequel, oh. and so they had to cast uh, Leslie Easterbrook, who anybody who's seen the Police Academy movies knows her because she's a female, very tall, busty female cop in all those movies. She was also in Laverne and Shirley, she's one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. So she plays the mother in The Devil's Rejects, and and then in 2019, there was kind of a prequel that happened called Three from Hell. Yeah. And it's about the fireflies as, as well. 
What a shame to take a lovely name like Firefly and create this. Yeah. That's normally a nice image of Firefly. <laughs> well, here's here's a fact that is going to make you almost glad you watched this film. Almost. Right. But the house, the Firefly house that they use is on the... Um, can't remember if it was the Universal. I think it was the Universal that where they filmed it, the studios. Um so that house is on the Universal lot, and it's the mm-hmm. same house used for Dolly Parton's house in the Best Little Whorehouse oh. in Texas. Oh my so God! The Best Little Whorehouse in 1982. Oh wow! And then so much rather than we'd watch that. <laughs> I I, I thought you would enjoy that musical little. with Dolly Parton and Mr. Burke Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> And we could sing Hard Candy Christmas. Yes. And nothing dirty going on. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of it with you. Yes. Oh my god, that's so weird. He's the same one. It's the same house. Yeah. Um oh my god. also this is something to make you feel glad and grateful. The original film was 40 minutes longer. No, thank you. And to be able to get an R rating, he had to cut 40 minutes of it because with that added 40 minutes, they, it would have been an NC-17 or or, or, an, or like an X rating because it was so much violence. That, like So he cut, to give you an idea of how lucky you are of the version you watched, some of what he cut had to do with... Uh, you know, baby, maybe having sex with a corpse, um, things like that. I won't go into more, much more detail of the things he cut, but just uh, know that it was much worse. He cut enough on screen. Oh, yeah. No, I do not care for this man's mind at all. Just no. Well, no, you, you. I can't believe you survived it. To be honest, I. I I I'm incredibly shocked that you didn't just say I'm not gonna finish this because this is too much. Yeah, I'm shocked as well. I can't believe it. I think I became numb. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what's happening yeah. anymore. And, and I will say that um, I have, I love Rob Zombie as a musician, but as a director, I feel all his films. You just get so desensitized because there's just so much violence, just back to back not necessarily even attached to reasons or it's just like I feel like when I watch his films like by the first 10 minutes I'm just like I have no more reactions to give you I'm just like yeah no I don't there's nothing that can shock me anymore so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh Lord. but yeah, yeah you made through. it I can't believe it I made it I made it I, I would say know. scare rating very high because it's just i mean if i was in a cinema i would be very you might have walked out i probably would have left yes so perhaps a nine right up there i think oh yeah that's a high one yeah i saw this at the cinema in new york city and we we really enjoyed it um which is funny because rob zombie has said that this of his films this is the one that he doesn't like because it's so disjointed um I respect his opinion, but I've seen his That's other correct. films, and I feel this one's a better one. <laughs> so you can imagine the other one. <laughs> um, 
No, thank you. So, All right. are we seeing a, a lighter one next time to make oh, up for girl. it? Oh, girl. No, I hate to, I hate to do this to you, but I think we'll just get through yet, these. We'll plow and through. Yet you are. Wow. And yet I am. So, we finally reached, I think, the place you've been dreading, and our next film is going to be Saw, the original no. Saw, which is timely because Saw 10 just came out. So, yeah. Although by the time this podcast is released, probably not, but yeah. Oh, true. By the time this is released, <laughs> it's been a year since Saw, like Saw 11 might be coming out. Well, we're on to Saw 11 out. by then. Yes, that's true. Um. <laughs> Oh well, I'm so I'm probably I'm not talking to you for another week then by the sound of it. That's a shame. But I will give you this. Unlike this film where it feels it's just violence for the sake of violence, yeah. I will tell you in Saw there's a very compelling story. And I feel all of the horrible things that you are made to watch happen you understand eventually why they're happening and why this person is doing what he, they're doing. Whereas in right. this film, you don't, there's no it's reason just, for any of it. No, so yeah, I, I think I, as a story, it's a much better film and it's a really interesting, compelling story. Okay. All right. So there's I that. Uh, well, I, I hope I'll join you next time. Who knows? We'll see. Well, listener, <laughs> we'll see. stay tuned. Yeah, it might just be Viv dot 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 podcast next week. Well, just tap down. I, I can send you my you. notes from my therapy session. Maybe no, I think if you made it through this one, you'll you'll make it through Saw. I think it, it's not going to be pleasant. You're not going to enjoy it, but I, I think at least you'll have the the story piece. That okay. this movie doesn't really have. Oh gosh, okay. I need a stiff drink. Well, right, well, on that note, thank you for such an unpleasant evening. You're very welcome. <laughs> this is what you're here for. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. I okay. We'll be back I will. With Saw. Hopefully. Bye. Bye.